0: you've probably heard the old saying it's not how you start it's how you finish the Christian life is more like a marathon some people start fast out of the gate but they're nowhere to be found when it's all said and done you know you need to pace yourself but ultimately it's about finishing the job finishing strong and hearing well done good and faithful servant we're gonna learn more about finishing the job in the book of Esther today on walk in truth these are the teachings of pastor Michael Lance It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. Before we get started with today's message, we want to let you know that this is a listener-supported ministry. Call with your gift at 844-48-TRUTH. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Just a side note for those of you interested, 70 days have passed from Haman's decree, his initial decree, till now. 70 days. Mordecai gets to counter the evil plan. He cannot undo it, so he has to try to find a way to nullify it. And that's what God did for us in the gospel. Death is something that we all have to deal with, but Jesus undoes it by his own death and resurrection, right? He defeats death by dying on the cross for us. He sheds his blood to counter the law of sin and death. And so now the edict is being written, it's being put together, and there is great haste to get it out, uh, this counter law. He wrote in the name of King Ahasuerus and sealed it with the king's signet. Verse 10, sent letters by couriers on horses, riding on steeds, sired by the royal stud. In them, the king granted the Jews who were in each and every city the right to assemble, to defend their lives, to destroy, to kill, and to annihilate the entire army of any people or province which might attack them, including children and women, and to plunder their spoil. In one day, in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus, the 13th day of the 12th month, that is the month of Adar. Now this day that all of this is supposed to happen is still eight months away. So the actual day of death, is in the future. Nobody knows the day of their own death, right? Um, You know, if if we knew it, it would freak us out probably, but it might give us a little bit more urgency about how we live as well. Because sometimes we have this mindset that we're going to live forever. So we have plenty of time to get stuff done and tell people how we feel and, you know, deal with stuff. But the truth is we don't. And so... If you have an NIV, let me read a text note. The NIV obscures the lex talianos, I'll explain in a moment, nature of this section by making their women and children in 811 refer to the Jews who are under attack, not the families of their aggressors. Uh, So what's the deal? Why is this this way? And I'll just save you some reading. There's a lot of consternation about this edict among scholars and commentators. And some taters are more common than others. So just so you know, that was from, never mind. I guess you didn't think it was funny, but anyway. (laughs) Potatoes, never mind. (laughs) And here's why, because the mention of women and children, this difficulty of some sort of script authored by Mordecai to do such a thing as the middle of verse 11 says, but remember that what is written here is directly to counter the edict of Haman. Turn over to three thirteen. Take a look. Chapter 3, verse 13, here's what it says. Letters were sent by couriers to all the king's provinces to destroy, to kill, and to annihilate all the Jews, both young and old. That's one thing that's left out of Mordecai's version women and children in one day, the 13th day of the 12th month, which is the month of Adar, to seize their possessions as plunder. Essentially, Mordecai takes the exact language of Haman's evil decree and swings it around to write a decree to offset it by giving the Jews the right to do the same as would be done to them. This is the idea of lex Italianos. What do you mean, Pastor Michael? Here's what I mean. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, kind of uh, payback. You could call it divine retribution. You could call it the law of the Torah, the Old Testament. In fact, if you're interested, look this up later. Exodus 21, verses 23 through 25 talk about this. And it even says burn for burn, tooth for tooth. You knock somebody's tooth out it's going, baby. This was the law. Now, Jesus addresses this in Matthew 538. And you can take a look at that in your own leisure time. But here's the struggle. The struggle is, is an edict going forth that the Jews have the right to destroy and plunder these people? Well, think about it. The only people they're supposed to be able to do this to is people who what? Attack them. So they're in a defensive posture to begin with. And whenever someone's coming after you, you have to decide what you're going to do, right? And here there's the idea of a payback. In uh, the same measure you want to give it out, it comes back to you. Who's a living example in the book that this has already happened to? Haman. It's already happened to Haman. And we all would say divine providence has orchestrated it. In fact, some of you, last Wednesday, were thinking, good tonight, Haman hangs tonight, Haman. Now, how many of you have to admit that the bad guy at the end of the movie, when he falls off the building, or somebody gives him his just desserts, you're like, good, good for you. Fall and splat on the ground while you're at it. Wait a minute, are you a Christian? That's not a very Christian thing to think. But do you know that divine retribution is something that's coming to our planet? Do you know that Jesus Christ is going to come on a horse with a sword, and he is going to deal with the rebellious, unbelieving world, and that's yet future? He's coming again, and he's gonna deal with his enemies, and the Bible does say that even his garments are gonna be spattered with their blood. You know, I know in the West, in a modern Culture like ours, it may not be the easiest thing to understand or take, but God is a God of justice. And his justice was satisfied against you and me at the cross, but at no low cost. Jesus Christ takes the wrath of God at Calvary so you don't have to. God is holy and just, And measure for measure, retaliation. Now there's no mention in the next chapter, we get detail. There's no mention of children or women being killed. There's no mention of plundering their possessions. In fact, just the opposite. They don't take their possessions. But there is a verse in there where it gives a cumulative number of 75,000 people that die. And we don't know of that number who they were. But the 75,000 people who died, this is chapter 9, verse 16 are people who hate the Jews. They're coming after them. They've taken this edict as a right to kill them. When our forces went to deal with Nazi Germany, for example, and we got involved in the war, why did we do that? We did that to stem the tide of evil. And there is just war theory that's been written about in Christianity. Such a thing as a just war, there is a time when a nation has to stand up against evil. Amen? Amen. There is a time when a group of Christians need to stand up against ridiculous abortion laws coming out of New York and other states. It's just tragic and ridiculous. And there's no other way to say it. Now, are people lost and ignorant, maybe don't understand the full issue? Of course. Do we preach a message of grace and hope and love for sinners just like us? Of course. But we do not stay silent in the face of evil. Jesus didn't, nor should we. But Jesus shows us what God's grace is all about when he takes the wrath upon himself. And this is where we need great wisdom. We need to understand that our God is holy and he's a God of justice, but he dealt with our sin at the cross. Would you turn to Romans one more time? Let me show you one more. Romans 5 and this is a, another glorious section, but I want to just read a little further than maybe sometimes we read. This is Romans 5. Look at verse 8. It says, But God, Romans 5.8, demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, what happened? Christ died for us. Much more than, Romans 5.9, having now been justified, declared innocent or righteous before God, by his blood, we shall be saved from what? From the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also exalt or rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. You see... We have been justified by his blood, verse 9, and saved from the wrath of God. This is what we preach. We preach a message of hope for people who have done unspeakable things. We say there's forgiveness for Saul of Tarsus who became Paul, David who murdered a man in the Old Testament, Moses killed somebody. I mean, look, some of our great heroes have risen from the ash heap of their own sin, And I would imagine you have too. I have. I'm I'm glad that God is a God of grace and forgiveness. And so Haman is a good way to think about the way that this works. Haman's estate, his life, everything, it's happened to him just as he planned it to somebody else. Back to Esther 8. And so a copy of the edict uh, to be issued as law in each and every province was published to all the people's so that the Jews should be ready for this day to avenge themselves on their enemies. So notice, uh, Esther 8.13 does uh, affirm that it's a defensive posture. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. We understand that time can really get away from you. The day-to-day hustle can sometimes leave little time for the more important things in life, like Bible study. Remember that Pastor Michael's teachings can be heard at any time, day or night, on walkintruth.com. You don't have to worry that you have to get out of the car right now, because today's teaching is already online, ready for you to listen when it's most convenient for you. Visit walkintruth.com today to hear all the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. That's walkintruth.com. Did you know God's name is not mentioned once in the book of Esther? But his fingerprints are all over it. The famous verse, and who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this, tells us that Mordecai sensed God moving in the darkest of times. This is a story about ordinary, everyday people taking a stand and becoming vessels through which God saved a nation. The story is filled with satire and seriousness, but it ends with celebration as God turns things around for good as only He can. Get your copy of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching of the entire book of Esther for such a time as this. Yours as a thank you for your financial gift of $30 or more to Walk in Truth. Visit walkintruth.com today. That's walkintruth.com. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also exalt or rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. You see, we have been justified by his blood, verse 9, and saved from the wrath of God. This is what we preach. We preach a message of hope for people who have done unspeakable things, We say there's forgiveness for Saul of Tarsus who became Paul. David, who murdered a man in the Old Testament. Moses killed somebody. I mean, look, some of our great heroes have risen from the ash heap of their own sin. And I would imagine you have too. I have. I'm I'm glad that God is a God of grace and forgiveness. And so Haman is a good way to think about the way that this works. Haman's estate, his life, everything, it's happened to him just as he planned it to somebody else, back to Esther 8. And so a copy of the edict uh, to be issued as law in each and every province was published to all the peoples so that the Jews should be ready for this day to avenge themselves on their enemies. So notice uh, Esther 8.13 does uh, affirm that it's a defensive posture. The couriers, hastened and impelled by the king's command, some news is just too important to wait, even though they had eight months, went out. Riding on the royal steeds, you can see the authority, the power. You can picture a, a movie scene where the horses are galloping and the dust is flying up as they take off with the, the decrees to reverse this or to nullify it. And the decree was given out in Susa, the capital, the very place where the king had his headquarters. And so out they go, the royal steeds kicking up dirt, burning rubber, if you will, to go out with the king's command. And they spread the word. And then Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal robes of blue and white with a large crown of gold and a garment of fine linen and purple. And the city of Susa, when Mordecai came out after he had gone through his great makeover... Because remember, it wasn't that long ago that he had sackcloth and ashes on. He was weeping and wailing in the middle of the city of Susa and all the Jews began to weep and wail. He tore his clothes. Now he's dressed to the nines. He's dressed like royalty. He's dressed for success. And out he walks, probably chest a little bit out, flowing gowns. He, in many ways, is a, one writer has it as the reflecting the art of the empire. Uh, chapter one, verse six, clothed with the richness that paralleled the decorations at the king's great feast in chapter one, especially verse six. You could hear the music as he walks out, man. Yeah, maybe. How many of you remember cool in the gang? Remember cool in the gang? Celebrate good times. Come on. Woo-hoo. Right? It's a celebration. I think Morty was coming on a little bit like, yeah. Hey, do you know it's okay to celebrate as a Christian? In fact, you and I should be celebrating every day. Rejoice in the Lord again, I say. Rejoice. You know where Paul wrote that from? Prison. What? Yeah, Paul was in prison. Do you remember when they were uh, imprisoned in um, the Philippian jail and they began singing hymns at midnight and the Lord shook open the prison gates? Do you know that Joy is the second fruit of the Spirit, for the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Do you know that joy, uh, Donald Gray Barnhouse said that joy is love singing. Can I, can I ask you a question? Well, that was cool. Everybody said, do that again. Oh, I've shared that at many weddings, and I've never got that before. I waited for it. Nothing. It's a mixed multitude at weddings. <laughs> anyway, can I ask you, how are you doing with joy? You know, sometimes I have to ask the Lord to make me joyful. I have so much to be joyous about, but sometimes, anybody else battle with this? Maybe a little negativity, maybe a little, oh, I got to get, get this done today. i My car, I gotta wash my car. The other car hasn't been washed. I'm gonna take this one and I gotta wash. I gotta put gas in it. Because the last person that drove this would put gas in it. And then you go, wait a minute. I have a car. I have a second car. I have money to put gas in my car. And I'm whining about, I gotta put gas in it. We have issues, people. (laughs) That's a, a nice way to say we're a bunch of sinners. But issues sounds nicer. <laughs> Can you be in the fifth century city of Susa and rejoicing that Mordecai came out dressed nicely, opposite of what it was before, even though you still got problems and you're still technically a, a person who's in a foreign country, not in your homeland, and probably not in the best of situations? You Might even be a slave. To the Persian Empire and yet the city of Susa they shouted and rejoiced they went from fasting to feasting for the Jews there was light light is a way to say happiness or hope and gladness and joy and honor when Mordecai came out in the royal robes they were like oh yeah it's a new day in the kingdom Because another decree of life has gone out. Haman's dead. Ding dong. Haman is dead. The wicked old Haman. (laughs) Thank you, Michelle. I'm glad you're here. That shows up on the recordings and people actually think I'm funny. So thank you for that. I'll pay you later. Anyway. In chapter 4, verse 1, Mordecai had gone out into the city, with torn clothes, sackcloth, and ashes, with wailing and bitterness. And now, look at the language. It's beautiful. There's light, 16, gladness, joy, and honor. This is uh, chapter 4, verse 3. Take a peek with me. This is a direct opposite of what was going on when the edict of death had gone out from Haman. In each and every province four three, where the command and decree of the king came, there was mourning, great mourning among the Jews. There was fasting, weeping, wailing. Many lay on sackcloth and ashes. Now flip right over to eight and look at back at sixteen. Instead now there is shouting and of fifteen, rejoicing, there's light or hope or happiness, gladness, joy, and honor. This is a divine reversal. This is the Lord giving us uh, praise, a garland of praise instead of ashes. Jesus has come to bring hope, to preach good news to the downtrodden, to open the prison doors to those who dwelt in darkness. They have seen a great light. When the angel proclaimed in Luke chapter 2 the coming of the Messiah, he said, I bring you good news of great joy which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David there's been born for you a Savior which is Christ the Lord. Amen? See, Jesus Christ was coming from the Jewish people. Maybe this is a foretaste of the coming kingdom where there's going to be light and hope And it's going to be really uh, that core of us. And in each and every province, final verse, and in each and every city, wherever the king's commandment, 817, and his decree arrived, there was gladness and joy for the Jews. A feast and a holiday. And many among the peoples of the land became Jews for the, for the dread of the Jews had fallen on them. You want to talk about a divine reversal? The last thing you wanted to be was a Jew in the Persian Empire. This edict had been around for a couple of months. There's no way that you wanted to, you didn't do that ancestry test, nothing. <laughs> right? I don't find out if I have a little bit of Jewishness in me because I'm going to visit the Holy Land. Nobody did that. If you had a tinge of that, you tried to distance yourself from it because there was a decree of death on you. Now, God has so turned things around that people want to convert to Judaism. That is God. And when people see the light and the hope that is in our lives, that's part of the reason they want to convert to Christ. They want to be part of the people of God because they see in us the hope of glory, the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, you know, when people see our faith, Sometimes that light is what leads them towards Jesus Christ, towards asking questions about the gospel. And we have an amazing and good God. And the Jews, you know, facing annihilation as they were in the book of Esther, Esther became God's vessel to save a people. And you and I can become God's vessel to lead other people to to the saving Gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't underestimate the power of your life, and you being a vessel with God's power for His glory. Well, hey, I'm Pastor Michael Lance, and this coming Thursday, May the second, is the National Day of Prayer. It's always the first Thursday of May, and I want to encourage you to join me and other believers around our great country in praying for our nation. You know, we really need prayer, and uh, this nation. And let's just talk about the church. The church in the nation needs a revival. And I'm sure you would agree with me that it's got to start with us praying and returning to God's Word as the center of our lives and praying and seeking His holy face. Now, if you're unsure what to pray specifically for, we have some suggested topics on our website right on our homepage. Topics like Praying for America, that we'll love one another, praying for the church in the country, praying for families, workplaces, community, government, much, much more. So if you'd like to check out our suggestions on what to pray about on the National Day of Prayer, please visit our website, it's walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Tomorrow we'll conclude Esther chapter eight, and we'll get to hear the rest about how Queen Esther finishes the job It's all about finishing well, and we'll hear how she did that tomorrow on Walk in Truth. Until then, God bless you. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.